This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So many times over the last several years, we've taken a look at big cap tech or the fangs or the fang men, combination of all those, to see if there was any value in the big cap tech area, uh, including, you know, the social media companies, uh, software, um, you know, we know the names, right? We've taken a look. And each time there were some that were looking a little more interesting and, um, you know, some were cheap in relative terms compared to their peers, for instance, but none had yet fallen into true classic value categories, right? Until now, until 2022. So I was talking with Nina Mishra, our uh, director of ETF research here at Zaxx. I've often had her as a guest on the Market Edge podcast, and she was telling me that uh, some of the major stock indexes that rebalance once a year at the end of June had to rebalance some names into the value index that were previously heavily weighted in the growth index. And at least one name got kicked out of growth altogether and went over into the value. And some of the names um, are interesting ones that we've talked about here and so I honestly can say I did not think I would see um, the time when some of these stocks were legit value plays, <laughs> not just cheap among peers, but legit classic values. So the uh, company that does the indexes is the Russell. We've all heard, you know, the Russell 1000, the Russell 2000. We've all heard these names thrown out there. So they run some of the major stock indexes, especially the Russell 3000. That is the 3000 largest companies. About $12 trillion is actually benchmarked to these indexes. And what that means is that uh, if you are running a value fund or ETF um, and you need an index to basically gauge your performance against, then you use one of the Russell indexes if it's you know a value or a growth type of fund. And depending on if it's you know mid cap or what uh, market cap it is, they have one for each of those. And so a lot of professional managers use the Russell indexes to gauge their uh, performance on. That's why it's considered the benchmark, right? So once a year, Russell rebalances these indexes and they do it at the end of June. Now, it doesn't happen all at once. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. So they start telegraphing these moves months ahead of time because they know that some uh, money managers will have to make changes to their own portfolios as well based on the changes that the benchmark is making because you can't own a stock in your portfolio if you're benchmark to an index that no longer owns that stock. So there's some volatility around the time when they swap these out. And this year, they thought there would be even more volatility because of some of the rebalancing they had to do and because it was in some of these very big popular names. 
So Russell uses low price to book and lower growth values to determine value. It also apparently uses a company's five-year sales per share growth as a, a value component. So it's not really looking at PEs here, but I'm going to talk about the PEs on some of these because they are getting interesting. So additionally, companies can be in both the value index that Russell runs and the growth. And some of these mainly just had their weighting reduced in the growth and raised in the value. But that's kind of significant, again, for those managers who are following the indexes. You have to follow the index, right? You have to track it. So um, it's going to change your composition of what you can buy to some extent as well. So keep all those things in mind. So it was big news at the end of June when some of these companies were added to the Russell 1000 value index. So names that were added to them include Meta Platforms, ticker M-E-T-A, Netflix, N-F-L-X, and PayPal. P-Y-P-L. Now, they also do remain in the growth index, but they're at lighter weightings in the growth. One that actually left growth and went completely into value, so it dropped out of growth altogether, apparently, was GameStop, ticker GME. And um, additionally, a lot of other names just saw a, a rise, I guess, Pinterest, that value rose, their weighting rose in the value, and Zoom, ticker ZM, that weighting also rose and then fell in the growth as well. We've talked about some of these names in the past, definitely Meta and Netflix and, and even PayPal, but it's been a while since I talked about Pinterest or Zoom on the Value Investor podcast, right? Additionally, because energy has been such a growth area, including on the earnings side, but also on the revenue side, those stocks were added to the growth indexes. And that kind of goes in the face of what we think of energy as simply value. They're trading with dirt, dirt cheap PEs here. So you would think those would just be on the value side, but on their metrics and what they're using on, it's on the growth. So energy's weighting in the growth index, the Russell 1000 growth index, rose to 1.7% uh, up from 0.6%. So it's still a very small percentage of the overall growth index. But if you're a growth stock manager and energy's weighting in your benchmark is rising, that's going to mean you're probably going to have to take a look at some energy stocks on the growth side, which you might not really have had to do much of in prior years, if if ever, really. So um, that's something to watch. Also, Russell said that the weighting in energy actually rose more in the mid-cap indexes, up to around 5% over there. So if you're mid-cap a manager and that's your benchmark, you're going to have to take another look at energy maybe even further. So I took a little bit deeper look into some of these, not a deep dive, but I at least looked at PE levels on some of these names that are now joining into value. And um, it is getting interesting. So it's always good to re-examine 
what is happening with some of your favorite stocks, especially on the growth side that you thought you maybe were always going to be excluded from because it just wasn't cheap enough. And I'm not talking about a cheap on a price basis, but on a valuation basis. So Meta now, I think most people know that it is uh, very cheap on a PE basis now. It's trading under 15 times at 14.7 times. Peg ratio is 1.3 right here. So even the peg, um, while it's not under one, is still pretty attractive here. I'm going to be watching Meta a lot this earnings season. I'm recording this in July 2022, so their earnings are fast uh, coming up here. But this is going to be interesting for the next couple of quarters with Meta as they are transitioning over to the metaverse, and they're spending a lot of money to do that. So um, earnings growth has slowed here. I don't think anyone's really surprised that it's now considered to be in the value camp, but not that expensive at 14.7 times. Then uh Let's take a look at Netflix. So Netflix has historically traded at very high PE levels up there, you know, 80, 90 times. It used to be the most expensive of the Fang names, and it just was never coming back down to earth until now here in 2022. So it's now trading at 17.3 times, and it has a peg ratio of 1.2. So both of those are also really cheap, um, especially for Netflix. But, you know, 17.3 times, that's that's pretty cheap, even uh, given the overall market's around 16 here. So a little more expensive than the overall market may mean it, shares need to go even lower. We'll see. Then PayPal, one of the other ones that is rotating over into value, this used to be the one that I was always sad that I missed out on, but now maybe my chance is coming again. PayPal, PYPL, it is trading at 18.9 times with a peg of 1.1. So it's it's right there, right at the, the peg cutoff line. Remember, a peg of one uh, is right where you start to see real value. You want it under one to get it really cheap. But still 1.1, that's pretty cheap. We're paying for the earnings and the growth here. Um, I did take a look at the earnings on that one, though. They are expected to decline 14.3% this year. Obviously still positive, down to $3.94 from $4.60 last year. We'll see what they say this coming earnings uh, report. But still, uh, you know seeing that decline. So keep in mind with some of these that you might have a little bit value trappiness to contend with. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Uh, the other ones that on the list that have making a, a bigger weighting in the value index, Pinterest, P-I-N-S is the ticker. I used to own it in both the value investor and in my own personal portfolio. We sold out when it hit our stops and the shares have round tripped now back to like the March 2020 coronavirus lows or just a little bit after above that. I guess it got it got it got a little bit cheaper at the actual March lows there. But um, in the months right after the coronavirus sell off, that's about where we've returned now under twenty dollars a share here. PE is now at twenty four. 
PEG is at 1.6. So still a little elevated for me here on Pinterest, and they're getting a new CEO in there as well. So a lot going on with Pinterest. Zoom, uh, ticker ZM, PE now is at 31.9. That's come way down, but still, again, a little elevated for my blood. PEG is at 1.6 on that one as well. And then I took a look at GameStop because that uh, went into value, dropped out of growth altogether. And PE, it doesn't even have one. I haven't looked at GameStop in a long time. We used to talk about it on the Value Investor Podcast before the coronavirus hit, before it became one of those meme stocks, the Reddit stocks, like AMC, where everybody's going to, you know, uh, show Wall Street and stick it to Wall Street and all that stuff. But GameStop shares still elevated, I'm surprised, with the big sell-off in the overall market, still trading above $100 right now when I'm recording this on July 6th, 2022, and it's trading at 115 right here, but no P.E., because they're expected to lose $5.98 a share in fiscal 2023 and another loss of $3.54 2024. So this is still a company that's not making any money. It's not, it's not no positive earnings. It's just not. So you know what I think about that. I don't like to own companies that do not have positive earnings unless I can see in the pattern that they're maybe going to get positive earnings, you know, as soon as next year and they're heading in the right direction Um, other companies like that have been like Shopify, which had negative earnings for quite some time, but is now gone into the positive. Um, we know some of the others, Tesla finally went into the positive after many years of negative earnings there as well. So I want to see a trend that it's gonna go into the positive and soon before I will dive in. And both of these for this year and next year are still showing, you know, considerable, losses on the earnings side. So GameStop's not for me. I know many of you might be in it, um, but it's not one for the typical value investor, ticker GME, in case you wanted to track that. So my advice on some of these, if you are keeping a watch list like I am of stocks that may get cheap enough and into your classic value realm is to watch what's happening with the earnings because, as I said, as I mentioned with PayPal, there can still be value traps out there. And specifically this year, we might see some earnings decline coming off of more peaky earnings in 2021. But take a look at next year's estimates as we're now in the second half of this year. So we're going to be getting closer to what 2023 may start to look like. And that's where you really want to see a rebound in the earnings. You don't want to see earnings still expected to decline next year after a decline this year. 
And PayPal is one of those where they are expected to see growth next year. So this year is the only earnings decline so far. Of course, earnings estimates can change uh, on any given day on a moment's notice. And the economy is always changing. So those estimates are going to change as well. And with the Fed still raising rates and the uncertainty surrounding the slowing of the economy, a possible recession, how severe any of these things may be, nobody knows. So there is a lot of uncertainty. There's not a lot riding on the estimates for 2023 so far. It's still way too early, way too far in advance, but we will still now start to see some guidance perhaps from some companies about how they're seeing the next couple of months and as we head towards that year. So keep that in mind. Watch those earnings. Also, there's a reason the stock is sometimes trading at a discount to the overall market, right? We could say that with meta platforms. I do own meta in my own personal portfolio. I'm a long-term shareholder and I've owned it for, I want to say about nine years now. They've been public. This is their 10th, 10th anniversary of their IPO, but I did not buy the IPO. I bought afterwards. So um, I, I give it about nine years I've been in there. And it's been a, a wild ride on Meta, but the shares are cheap and trading under 15 times now because of the fears the market has about this change over to the metaverse and um, things going on at the company. So remember, value investing usually has a contrarian bent to it, right? It's usually when you're fighting with people on the stock chat boards about uh, the company, its value, wh where it's going in the future, possible growth, all of that is when you might find yourself in a value type of company. So you have to ask yourself, is, is the company really as cheap as you might think? Uh, do you really want to own that business? And maybe how cheap can you get the business? Obviously, nobody can time the bottom perfectly for any company. Um, not even Warren Buffett can do it. But you can sometimes get stocks even cheaper if you uh, have a little patience. Dollar cost averaging can be your friend in these situations as well. We are in six months of a bear market here. So you've had uh, quite a bit of time to still uh, dollar cost average on the way down here. And um, we may may not be at the bottom yet. Nobody knows these things, of course, but there's a big contingent of people who think we haven't found the bottom yet. And so dollar cost averaging isn't necessarily bad in these types of market conditions because you're inevitably going to get kind of close to the bottom at some point if you're buying, say, monthly. Um, so keep that in mind. But as always, you know, a company is more than just the PE. It's more than just these uh, labels that we slap on it, you know, growth or value. You really are buying the business. So make sure you know what's going on at that business, how it will survive and thrive in a recession or when we come out of a recession, how it will uh, manage more expensive money if the Fed uh, stays more elevated with its rates 
um, how it manages inflation and uh, what will happen to its margins. Keep a look at all of those things when you're considering what to buy because things have changed a bit since you know a year or two ago in the economy and the overall um, you know market conditions. So what was happening and what you were excited about with a company a couple of years ago may not be the case now. But still interesting that a lot of our uh, favorite techie type names are now starting to look a little more interesting on the value side, more classic value side. This happens when you get closer to the bottom of a bear market, especially a bear market in the growth stocks. So um, that's something to keep in mind. I'm sure I'll be doing more of these types of episodes on the Value Investor Podcast. If we see further weakness in stocks, we will get some of these even cheaper. And there may come a time when you simply can't believe how cheap some companies are. And that could be a sign that uh, the bottom is in and you need to get in there. So let me recap the stocks I talked about on this episode. So there was Meta. Meta Platforms, M-E-T-A, there was Netflix, N-F-L-X, now among the cheap stocks. Never thought I'd see that. PayPal, P-Y-P-L, also pretty cheap, but maybe not quite so cheap on a P-E basis. Zoom Video, it's had the big crushing sell-off, so can't be surprised there's more value in those shares now. ZM is the ticker. Pinterest, I'm a fan still. I know many of you don't like it, but I'm still a fan, but still trading at 24 times. P-I-N-S is the ticker there. And then GameStop, I'm definitely not a fan of GameStop, but it's moved to the value index, apparently. Ticker G-M-E there. So as always, be sure to subscribe to get the Value Investor Podcast. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. And get us with the Zach's Market Edge, where I do sometimes talk about value stocks as well. Uh, but you'll get more variety on the Zach's Market Edge. But be sure to get us somewhere, and I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.